everyone. Welcome to the AMT TechSurance Podcast, where we discuss the latest manufacturing technology research and news. I'm the Director of Technology, Benjamin Moses, and I'm here with... Stephen Lamarca, AMT's Technology Analyst. Steve, how are you doing this warm spring day? Doing great. Yeah. It's a fantastic Monday that we're recording this. <laughs> Absolutely. We had an amazing weekend, getting ready for uh, MFG this week, too. Yeah, that's right. We're traveling down to Florida for our conference, uh, and I'm pretty excited for that. Uh, there's a lot going on. Same. You're doing a lot, too. Well, yeah. What do you have going on at the conference? I mean, I, I there's a lot... A lot of good content to go there and absorb, yep. but I can't help but be selfish and only focused on my presentation. <laughs> of on, course. On Thursday, I've got one from 1130 to 1145, right before lunch, convenient yep. enough. Um, and uh, yeah, I just don't want to screw it up, but <laughs> it's a great opportunity for me. I'm sure. really looking forward it, forward to it because, you know, unlike the podcast, Unlike my Lamarkables article section in uh, MT Magazine, unlike the podcast, you know, this is going to be a live presentation. That's right. Nobody's there to edit me. <laughs> this filter is going to be off. This, this could be a problem or it could be fun. You can't cut this. <laughs> well, I mean, you could fire me, but you can't cut that content that's about to come out of my mouth. <laughs> they are correct. Yes. <laughs> that's exciting. Yeah. And I'm uh, doing a lot of voice of God and uh, some emceeing for the event, too. So it's going to be interesting. First time I've had the title voice of God. I'll stretch that out as long as I can. Uh, and uh, yeah, I am interested in a lot of the content because, you know, it looks at, you know, strategy, uh, the economic uh, markets and uh, people. So I was very interested in, um, interested in learning all those things to keep managing the team. So it's going to be a fun couple of days. It's going to be great. Yeah. If you're not able to attend this year, definitely check it out for next year. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Who knows? If uh, you contact Melissa Williamson and re renew your AMT membership on time or one of like the first 50 or something like that, you'll get a free uh, trip. That's cool. That's good to get remember. Get a free, free trip. I think you can choose MFG. You can choose something else. But Let's double check that when renewals comes out. I know, I know. So <laughs> Melissa did tell me that in preparation for MFG, she had to book other people's flights as okay. well. The winners of like the past being like, like they, they do a raffle, sure. like the first 50 to 100, they'll raffle their names and they'll pick one company okay. that renewed on time. That's cool. Or one, like the first 50 okay. to 100 companies that uh, they'll, they'll pick one of them and they'll fly them to any AMT event free of charge. Nice. Like it's on us. That's cool. That's a good uh Good uh, bonus for... Renewing. Good plug. We haven't done that. We've never plugged membership. Yeah, we'll do that later. Nice. Uh, we also got some news on the pocket or uh, our test bed. Why don't you uh, yes. give us an update on the We've got bed. a new pocket NC on the way. Oh, that's cool. You know, we're ramping up uh, test bed activities, dusting it off, getting the um, the robot's vision system up and running. Yep. But the robot's lonely over there right now. Yeah, we've said we've we sent the first pocket NC to Mexico. They don't want to send it back. Mm -hmm. They love it. They take it to the trade shows. They do a lot of projects with it. Um, so uh, and this is you a, and Tim yeah. gave me a uh, green light to buy a new one. That's right. This is a new pocket NC. Yes, it's like the same as it's very similar to the last one, but they've made minor incremental changes and upgrades. Um, over the years and it's always made me want the new one yep thank goodness for our mexico tech center because without them i wouldn't have an, a, a valid reason to buy a new one <laughs> but i'm really excited not only for that but right. pocket nc as a company yep 
they're going to be at IMTS this year. Oh, that's cool. It's their first time at an IMTS as a company. Right. We brought the Pocket NC to IMTS first. That's true. To, to demonstrate MT Connect. That was our 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 test bed, our, our development mm-hmm. environment guinea pig that was the Pocket NC. Funny enough, setting it up, our programming, uh, the MT Connect agent and adapter for the Pocket NC yep. um, was very similar to an existing agent and adapter for a Mazak machine. That's cool. So yeah, they had to, they, they had to relabel, um, a few axes Mm -hmm. that they, that, um, were obviously different, but they're obviously two very different machines, Mm -hmm. but, uh, say what you will about pocket NC having originally been like a prosumer advanced hobbyist machine for light production. They're at IMTS this year. They're going to be at IMTS this year for a reason, Benjamin. Yeah, I saw them on the exhibitor list. And I'm going to stop there (laughs) because the co-founder asked me not to share any more information. And I've kind of already, and not to go public with it, (laughs) which I've just broken. So it'll be exciting. It's going to be be a great IMTS this year. Awesome. Uh, Let's get into some articles, shall we? Yes, we shall. I'll kick it off. Everyone's favorite company, Amazon. (laughs) <laughs> well favorite uh, marketplace i, I, I guess <laughs> it's interesting uh the article i'm really interested in so they have an innovation fund that they're starting up right of course they try and flex how big they are right. so the title is amazon launches a billion dollar industrial innovation fund that's that's a lot of money that is a lot of money not as not as much money as uh 44 billion though that uh <laughs> musk just dropped to buy twitter outright but that's that's enough. For, it's enough for a different time. That's a different time. So uh, Amazon's looking to foster innovation in supply chain fulfillment, logistics, right? The core, uh, the core business, um, and they started this innovation fund. And the first round of it, they it looks like they sponsored about five or six companies, and they're looking to, you know, support and foster innovation of uh, companies throughout any life cycle, right? So these are uh, probably more startup uh, phase companies, but are looking to look at more mature companies help uh, drive new technologies. Um, so the first round, they have a company for wearable tech, you know, for the wow. warehouse uh, employees. Yeah. Uh, computer vision, of course, um, getting back to um, warehouse fulfillment. Of course. Uh, bipedal robotics. I thought that was kind of interesting. That is really cool. Um, autonomous robots capable of floor to ceiling um, grasp. So not only, uh, you know, they probably have like 20 foot tall um, uh, shelves. right? So they have robots to be able to pick from all of those options, all of those mm-hmm. heights. And the last one felt a little cl- like collaborative robot, even the video that I saw. Uh, so robotic arm to work cohesively with humans. I'm, I'm interested where they're headed at. That's different than uh, some of the other current use cases and mostly uh, industrial spaces I've seen. So it's, it's interesting. You know, We want to see their use case. I definitely need to see their use case. And um, I'm curious to see how well uh, Amazon's helped mature these, uh, these companies, not just with obviously funding, but uh, funding could come out through projects within Amazon. So I'm very interested yeah. to see how they go about um, supporting these projects. That, that's pretty big. That I mean, number one, Amazon uses a lot of robots. Yes. They they evolve like the big Fortune 500 companies out there. They probably, I feel like, at least in po- the media would lead you to believe that they probably use the most robots. Sure. And they use the most robots with a lot of humans around. Other than like a car manufacturer. right. right. That's probably true. And this is a broad sense of ro- robotics also, right? So it's not just a robotic arm, yeah. right? So it's it's huge. Vehicle. I always call robots and automation a foundational technology. Right. 
But the foundational technology to the foundational technology is the vision system. So it's huge that they're putting money into vision systems. I also... I, I'm really curious. Like you, I think my the most cure interested thing I'm in is their use case for collaborative robots. Right. Because collaborative robots have this fascinating, we all know what they are, and that they're incredible. Right. But we haven't seen a solid use case for them yet. That's different than like like they're 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 awesome. Right. But we don't know how can they actually be productive? How can they actually be implemented? We've seen more implementation of additive than uh, we had have collaborative robots. Sure. I can't sure. wait to see more use cases of cobots. I got you. And that's going to be Amazon's going to be leading the way with as much as much pain as it is for me to say <laughs> that. Um, it's it's going to be really cool. Yeah. Because collaborative robots are just like I, I see them as like this really fancy high end paintbrush or like Fusion three sixty by Autodesk, but you have to know how to use it True. first. True. And, and collaborative robots are kind of like in that that wheelhouse. Yeah, and it's interesting. The, to get to a collaborative robot, you have trade-offs on speed and weight capability right. for uh, you know allowing a human to be close. So the value of that versus something that's faster and has more capable, it's always an interesting discussion within our uh, automation and manufacturing committee, right? They always uh, wonder why would you drive that way or drive a design that way for using collaborative when there's other options for mm-hmm. including safety. So yeah. it's interesting. We'll see what happens. You've got one on big news from the military. Yeah, we've got two defense.gov articles today. That's two true. things from the DOD. This one's five days old, but <laughs> I figured you, you and I definitely want to talk about this. But uh, the U.S. military has a new machine for the distribution of lake city quiet pills (laughs) boys and girls there's a new standard issue rifle being adopted by the military it is a the the sig sour xm5 which i'm sure because it's been adopted now i'm sure it'll drop the x soon right we'll have the xm5 uh rifle and the xm5 xm250 automatic rifle which will be replacing the m16 m4 rifles and the the XM250, those will be replaced by the XM5. Right. And the M249 squad automatic weapon will be replaced by the XM250. Right. Um, this is wild because they are adopting a new cartridge as well. Yep. They're dropping the 5.56 NATO. Right. And they're going with the 6.8 by 51 millimeter. Yep. So. The military already uses a 51 millimeter casing right. for the 7.62 by 51 millimeter, and that's been around forever. It's right. an adaptation of the 308 Winchester hunting a deer rifle cartridge, effectively short action deer rifle cartridge, and they're necking it down to a 6.8. Yep. Or in American, a 280. Yeah. Let's go back to the trials for the M14 mm-hmm. pre nom, you know. When NATO was trying to adopt a standard issue full-size rifle cartridge, yep. the U.S. influenced NATO to adopt 7.62 by 51, the 308. Right. The British had the, honestly, had the more advanced uh, cartridge, the better cart, lower recoil, longer range, better stopping power, the 280 British. Ah. We said no to that, <laughs> and <laughs> no, we controlled NATO. We come full circle. <laughs> And now we're going back to a 280, but we are using the 51 millimeter case. So that's kind of cool. And I really like um, where they're headed with this because there's a couple of things. I'll start with the ammo. 
Um, so yeah, they are using a different uh, caliber. Yes. But the uh, cartridge itself is significantly different because they're using bimetal yeah. uh, cases. So it's a steel core near the... Um, it's steel head. Steel head. Yep, that's right. And they're still using brass because, like I said in a previous <laughs> episode, brass is the best for heat retention True. in the casing. Yep. And when it ejects the casing, you're ejecting that heat yep. as well. So they're able to drive the pressures up higher because of the uh, steel, With steel head. Steel head. Safely, uh, too. Right. Yep. Um, the other one is... Uh, I think all the guns are coming standard with suppressors or silencers. That's what I saw. So if they go down that path, I, th I know uh, SIGA experimented significantly with 3D printing suppressors, too. Mm -hmm. So they have. we'll see that in the manufacturing space. And they're doing a lot on the optic side, too. So I don't know who they partnered with, but Dude. there's a lot of calculations, a lot of uh, information that's being displayed in the optic itself. I mean, I have no idea what kind of, you know, work they've been doing, but... SIG has one heck of a bribery department. I mean, lobbying <laughs> department, because everything that the U.S. military has adopted lately has all been SIG. Ah, they did the pistols also. That's they right. did do the pistols. Yep. Um, so so yeah. the, the one last piece of good news is that even though it is a lot of people, including myself, were like, why they've they've taken 65 years to protect or to perfect the AR-15 platform right. design of rifles, why would they go away from that? The good news is this new, the, the, the XM-5 and XM, well, just the lower receiver of the XM-250, but the XM-5 rifle mm -hmm. is an AR-10. That's cool. So they're still sticking with a similar direct impingement, but not really direct impingement. It's really an internal gas piston design. Right. Um, but, well, actually... XM5 might be piston driven. I don't, I have to look into that, <laughs> but it's still like the upper and lower are very similar right. to an AR-15, but more relatable to an AR-10 design. Yeah. So this is huge because if you didn't know the AR-10 and, and SR-25, though, the 308 style right. AR-15s um, have never been standardized because sure. they've never been ado adopted. Right. Um, well, with exception to the X, the M110 right. and the SR-25 by the SEALs, which became the X, the, uh, Mark 11, those rifles were never standardized for standard issue. Sure. So there's no standard like large caliber AR-15 or AR-10 platform rifle. This is making a standardized. There will be officially a mil spec AR-10 effectively now, which is kind of cool. I got another article from Department of Defense. Okay. Nice transition. <laughs> uh, you, the US DOD to build the largest 3D printed structure in the Americas. That's sick. This is from uh, 3D printing industry. So uh, what they're looking to do is build three uh, separate structures, each one 50, 5,700 square feet. So 5,700 square feet. So that's a fairly large structure. Yeah. And they're considering these uh, as temporary barracks. So I feel like they're experimenting. And one of the, to your point of standards, one of the things that allowed them to do this was there's a unified facilities criteria. And they opened up that criteria to allow uh, companies to additively grow houses. Nice. So what they're doing is uh, they're working with a company called Icon. Oh, build, man, Icon again. <laughs> to build these houses or uh, uh, these barracks and, uh, you know, also with their research and development side in the Army to understand, you know, the impact of this uh, concrete that they're using. And that's what the same with any other additive process or a 3D printing process where not only are you getting into the process, but the materials associated with that process. So Icon has their own special concrete that they're using and to build these uh, large structures. So I'm, I'm interested to see. 
how far this goes. Um, particularly, I, everyone assumes that Department of Defense moves fairly slow, but I think with a uh, little private industry pushing this behind, we'll, we could definitely see um, new temporary buildings uh, being printed. I wouldn't say in the forward operating base, but definitely uh, far behind that. So we'll see. Very cool. Between new weapons and new buildings, Department of Defense is killing it. <laughs> I hope. Uh, you got maybe, something? Maybe that was the wrong choice of maybe, words. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Whatever. You got something on a Honda? I got something else from 3D printing industry. Yep. Honda issues, officially issues, printables with takedown notice for all Honda-related 3D models. So printables is very similar to GrabCAD. Right. Um, with exception that printables is actually a was was made was original. I forget what they were originally called, but printables is uh, Prusa's mm-hmm. GrabCAD. Sure. Prusa being a hobbyist consumer grade 3D printing company, they have a a depository of designs um, that anybody can create an account and log into and share designs. Um, but but it's a company. It's based. Uh, it's funded by a company, a three D printer company. Yep. And Honda, a, a lot of the users on there are making things like you know trunk latches or door right. hinges for their cars. Yep. And stuff you know, that breaks easily. And- stuff that <laughs> breaks e- door handles yeah. for for like you know a, a ninety three Civic. I guess you know <laughs> where are you gonna get that from? <laughs> where cars? I think are supported. Only well, I think the U.S. government mandates that cars, any car model, um, its final model year has to be uh, has to be supported up to ten years after its final production run. So right. let's say the '93 Civic was the last Civic of that generation yep. Civic. It has to be supported until 2003. That's it. And there's a lot of old Civics out there. <laughs> Those things keep going. Those things keep going. But Honda doesn't have to continue right. to make parts for them. So naturally, a lot of 3D printers are all over the place now. People are making parts for their old Accords and Civics and yeah. you know whatnot. And Honda's got beef with this. <laughs> because of course they do. Right. They are... I'm not going to speak ill. I love Honda, but I mean, they don't like it. They, they, don't, like they it. don't like it. I don't yeah. blame them. Who who wouldn't? But like, I mean, really? Yeah. Never mind. I'm I'm with them. <laughs> yeah. You think they're heading the right direction. So that that gets into. Uh, they could they could publicize it better. They could be like, hey, you know, chill there. There is something they could do to make them look better in this oh, yeah. situation. Yeah, definitely. Like, I get where they're coming from, but they could do it better. And the market for licensing objects to print. It's just like, just like they could make better Formula One engines, just <laughs> saying. Oh. <laughs> so the the uh, ability to license objects to be printed, that's growing significantly. I see that in a lot of uh, um, uh, tabletop games, little miniatures, where um, <gasps> you can yeah. download something and then print yourself or have someone else print it for you. Uh, so there is a an ecosystem that exists in that manner so i agree with you that honda took a specific path to just say took everything down which limits you right if you have a um a windshield wiper fluid cap that needs to be replaced i mean are you, are you really going to try and get that from a dealership or look online go to a junkyard when if you have the ability to print it right are you really hurting anyone so maybe the other option for honda was to say hey let's let's allow people to buy the cad file for 10 bucks and then let them print it yeah 
I mean, is there an alternative that they have an alternative solution for their owners to replace these parts? I don't know. Probably than, not. Probably, probably not. like, why don't you buy a new car, nerd? <laughs> Which is really rude. Not everybody is, you know, balling and can afford a new car these days, especially yeah. when they can't even make their silicon chips. <laughs> and that that gets into one of the uh, the last car I have is um, not my favorite technology, but it's an interesting uh, look at where we are in terms of self serve manufacturing. Let's say okay. Blockchain tech to revolutionize copyright laws for 3D printing. Perfect segue. <laughs> Now, there's a, a universe. It's still in in uh, university research. Uh, what they're doing is um, a team of experts uh, from Exeter Law School, interesting, over in the UK, um, have patented watermarking technology for use for 3D printing. So one of the things okay. they did before this was uh, be able to imprint a mark on your on your um, 3D printed part, just like you would watermark a paper or something like that, um, or a uh, a meme. A meme. <laughs> Now they're working to link the watermark technology to blockchain to allow licensing of 3D objects. Gotcha. So the idea, we've talked on about this. uh, Why don't they just say it? What was that? They're trying to make NFTs. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) But the idea of uh, people want to be able to print their own objects and being able to create an ecosystem prior to that, that I need to get the the CAD file. I need to get the 3D, um, the digital model of, what I want to print yeah. and coming up with the uh, suitable economy for everyone to exist happily. Right. Right now people are fair to share data. People are concerned that if I download this file, then it's going to disappear, which is completely fair. I mean, that's yep. the same issue we have in the music industry, but if we're able to create this uh, ecosystem where the creators can benefit, the people that are downloading can benefit and the printers can benefit. Obviously there's going to be some people that just don't want to spend any money. That's true for anything. Uh, so there will be uh, people trying to get around that. Um, so I, I'm interested to see where this goes. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of using the blockchain because some of these CAD well, files are big and being able to store large files is not blockchain's core capability. So right. we'll see. I, I used to speak ill of blockchain, but it was because I mostly didn't understand blockchain. And to be fair, I still don't. Not Nobody still does. Um, <laughs> but... Then NFTs came out and and just like blockchain, those got just as much flack, if not more right. flack. But what if you take a step back and you look at it and the current use case for NFTs, the current and I want to air quote investment potential for mm-hmm. NFTs is awful right now right. and totally misunderstood. And you've got people with way too much money and way too little brains uh, thinking that these pictures of apes are actually worth <laughs> a lot of money. And while that's true, that's dumb, and that's a terrible investment, NFTs might not be. Right. NFTs, if done right, are a successful implementation of blockchain technology. Right. And NFTs are a better way to understand blockchain. And if we can successfully implement NFTs into, you know, like like file transfers sure. and and selling of digital twins to customers, then we have a viable use case. It's a lot of mental effort or lack thereof is being misplaced right now. There's potential. There still needs to be more education and understanding developed. Um, There are people who definitely have that understanding of it, but 
it's the masses still don't understand it yet. Right. And I, I am, I was, I used to be one of those people that talked a lot of smack about it, sure. but I think this kind of technology at blockchain and, yeah. and thus MF, NFTs are in our future, right. just not yet. And probably not for a while. And somebody big needs to do it right first. Sure. And, and we're still far from that. And it gets back to the Valley, right? And just having pictures that you could, that oh NFTs, that's, yeah, but maybe, you've... maybe there's an NFT of your attendee ticket to IMTS 2022. That way somebody else can't show up to the door and get in using your name and your stuff because they had, they, they uh, broke into your email and got a copy <laughs> of your email ticket, your attendee. T- I don't even know if IMTS works that way, but, uh, but uh, with NFTs, you could prevent that from happening. Sure. You could have two fent- two factor authentication, I guess, for uh, your 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 movie ticket or wherever. There's a lot of hypotheses going on here. Let's There's not hypotheses. <laughs> it's potential. Potential. Are we done, Steve? Yeah. <laughs> we covered a lot, man. We covered uh, you know a lot of military stuff. We talked about Amazon spending a billion dollars uh, over a certain amount of time frame. Let's be honest with ourselves. And then blockchain. Yeah. So uh, variety of stuff, but a lot of potential future. Uh, I guess that's. A lot of this, the, today's episode is uh, kind of a glimpse of the future. A lot of potential. Uh, I guess. Are you scared about it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I should be, but. Uh, yeah. Steve, where can they find more info about us? amtonline.org slash resources. Awesome. Bye, everyone. Bye.